You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, do you hate the word embezzlement? I do too. It's caused a lot of problems in dentistry and it not only kills your cash flow, but also destroys your trust. And today we're going to be talking with a team, well, one member of a team that are experts on this. I hope it never happens to you. I don't want it to happen to you. And there are some safeguards you can put in place to prevent embezzlement. Today, we're going to be talking about preventing embezzlement in your dental practice and what every dentist should know with Amber Weber Gonzalez of Prosperinet. It's an important podcast, so listen up. I know you'll enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know how this works. We're always on the lookout uh, with great in, great people, great information to help you create a better practice and a better life. Today, we're going to be talking about a word that nobody wants to talk about. You kind of sweep it under the rug. It's called embezzlement. And if you're a dentist, you practice long enough, there's a good chance you might see some of this. And today, we're going to be talking about a proactive plan just to stay away from some of those possibilities with a great group of people. And today we're going to be talking with Amber Weber Gonzalez from Prosperin. Amber, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be on and be part of, uh, get to reach out to other dental team members. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And uh, for those of you that have been listening, you know, um, David Harris is a longtime friend of the podcast and he's been on here regularly. He's like, you got to have Amber on. I'm like, okay. And so uh, Amber, I always like people to know who they're listening to before we get into this topic, but give us a little bio about who you are and what you do. Well, perfect. Um, I'll give you a background. I've been in the dental industry for well over 20 years. Um, I started off in the administrative side. I was an accounting major before I branched into the actual field of dentistry. And one of the uh, clients that we worked with was a dentist. And through that, he persuaded me to go to dental hygiene school, which was a great choice, great profession. 
So I I pivoted and I changed from accounting um, and still did accounting services for him and went to hygiene school. Uh, from that, I practiced de clinical dental hygiene for 15 years. And 11 of those years, I did office management and business oversight uh, because I loved the business side of dentistry. And I knew that from early on. Um, I'm originally from Wyoming. I grew up on a working, a large working cattle ranch. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur. So that business uh, management systems, you know, tedious uh, detail, that's just something I was, I was raised with in me. So I kind of brought that into the dental world, that background. And it's interesting because it's very similar, right? It's all about systems and making sure you have oversight and you're crossing all your um, T's and dotting all of your I's. So. I yeah. merged that in the clinical and business aspect of dentistry. Uh, after I no longer practiced clinically, I branched out into the consulting world. And same thing, wanted to focus on the business of dentistry. And my third client, um, I uncovered embezzlement. And that's how I branched out into the embezzlement world. Yeah, this is one of those things that's not really fun to talk about. Actually, I enjoy talking about it because... I've had so many people that I've known 25 years of doing this and it really runs deep. The hurt runs so deep. It's not the money, it's the pain that they feel and it just steals the trust from you, you know, that. And so can you just talk about the why? So we're going to be talking about proactive maintenance, but let's talk about the why. Why is this such an important subject in dentistry and how many people actually experience this in a career of dentistry? So it's really interesting. Dentistry, around, almost 50% of dentists at least one time in their profession, their career will have embezzlement occur. Wow. So it's a large number. And it doesn't usually occur just one time in our experience at Prosperidin. Of those 50% that have embezzlement occur, 11% um, of dentists who've had it occur, it happens twice. Um, four or more times we see about 8% of repeat clients of the ones who've already had it occur. So it's not just a one and done type scenario, right? Um, it's a, it's a recurring revolving door, especially with the change in staff and things like that. So, you know, there's a 50% chance it's going to happen to you. We're seeing those statistics come up, um, from what they used to be sometimes in the 60, 70 percentile. Yeah. See, that's crazy. Now, the other thing that happens is embezzlement's not a really clear cut thing. You know, when people do this, it's extremely clever. Now, we're not going to teach people how to be great thieves on this, but I've heard, I mean, David shared, I'm like, that's so insanely brilliant. I have, I don't, I still can't even get my brain around it. And so most dentists go in this with a very open, you know, trustful heart. And, um, and even if you're a dentist listening right now, you're like, there's no way Sally's been up the front. Sally goes to the same church. I do. Sally is just like the most unbelievable person. And, you know, unfortunately a couple of those cases turn into like, oh my gosh. So can you just speak to that layer? Cause this is complex. This isn't just a cut and dry issue. Exactly. I mean, in my experience and, and interacting with the colleagues, those of us who work with Prosperident, majority of the cases where we find theft or embezzlement is from a long-term trusted employee. Um, and, you know, 
part of that is you build a relationship, the psychology behind it, right? It's almost like your work marriage type scenario. And so, yes, Sally's been there for 25 years, but you trust, but sometimes forget the verification part, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the things um, that I oversee with Prosperity is we really want to teach practice owners how to have transparency with their team members, whether they've been there for 20 years or two years or two months, right? Um, so I think that emotional connection is what we see kind of be something that pulls doctors in, right? So if you're going to embezzlement, the more trust and less oversight and they're not going to check up on me type thing, that's that's where things start to, to fall away from you as, as far as an owner. Yeah. So I raised teenage daughters. You said a magic, magic phrase. I want you to go back to that and describe it. It's called trust and verify. Now, yes. trust is extremely important. And some people don't like the whole verify thing, especially teenage daughters. Can you explain those two words and what that means? Well, trust, but verify. That's one of the b biggest sayings, you know, that has been instilled in me. I think that comes from my ranching background in Wyoming, right? I mean, you're out there and you're like, I think those are my animals over there, but you have stuff to verify, right? Because there's other people that are doing the same thing as you, right? Livestock. Right. I know that's an interesting analogy, but that's, that's where that comes from, right? So kind of what you see sometimes is not always what you're going to get. So you're talking about your teenage daughters, right? trust, man, this person is great. I think I want to go on a date with him, dad, but do some verification. Make sure is what's being portrayed to you really what's actually occurring, right? Yeah. And so that's my biggest thing is the verification. And in the dental world, you know, we, we're all about documentation and attention is in the details, right? I mean, when you go enter a clinical note, you make sure all the details are there. No different from the business aspect of your practice. So where's the verification for you to ask questions, to have that transparency with your team? Yeah. If, if you were to ask a question, can they easily and readily not just give you the answer, but also show you how they have verified and have the documentation to stand behind what's happened with the patient account? Yeah. And let's just talk about the natural challenges. If you're a dentist listening, you know, you're working four days a week, you're working really hard, you got to write up notes, you're cooked at the end of the day, yep. you know? And so it's easy to say, listen, Sally's got it. I got to get home. I'm, I'm burnt. And you can become soft in the verification process. So I imagine we're going to talk about some systems or some protocols that we can put in proactively. Um, and um, let's talk about what, what, what do you recommend? Let's say I'm a new practice owner. Two or three years out, like, where do I even start? I know you guys have a service for this, but let's go into like best practices. So one of the main things that I really want to focus on when I interact with clients is having really specific and clearly outlined methods and documentation on end of day closing. And what that means, so how you just said, you know, at the end of the day, after you've seen 10 patients and done 22 hygiene exams or whatever, I mean, are you going to have the time to put on a different hat and say, I'm going to print off all these reports 100% on my own through the software, right? In a perfect world, you you would say that. I'm going to go ahead and put on my business hat and I'm going to print off all my reports at the end of the day and I'm going to make sure everything lines up. But sometimes my saying to a lot of practice owners is you have to delegate to elevate, right? So just like you said, at the end of the day, we know that can't happen. So one of the most important things that I try to help doctors instill is a really good end of day process. 
make sure there's true separation of responsibilities. You have an active team that is going to help you obtain daily reports of what occurred in your practice. And it's not just one individual team member like Sally, the office manager, right? So there's true separation of responsibilities and there's that verification that everybody is participating. So the verification and the trust process of how that is being completed is better, right? So, and that they also know that, hey, this doctor or the person that I'm working for or working with, they want to know what's happened while they've been working on patients, they wanna understand what's happened in the business. And at the end of the day, they want that documentation put together and we have to provide that to them in a regular manner. Yeah. And so let me just say this, like we're not asking you to be freaked out by listening to this and like panicking and, and go in and look at Sally with different eyes today and go, what's going on here? What we are telling you is proactive processes because there's so many times that um, this happens again. And I'll, I'll speak to this piece of it. What you're really trying to say is that if somebody's doing it, they're going to make sure that all the reports add up. They're going to make sure that the deposits and the, you know, the reports of the computer match up to the penny. So you're like, oh, I already get the end of the day reports and I see the deposits. And what you're saying is that, you know, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but one of the things that we were taught 20 years ago is that the in and the out should be two different people. You know, whoever mm -hmm. handles cash in, it should never be the out person who has cash going out. And then there became the idea of introducing the third person, which is somebody that tracks the actual activity that happens because the activity doesn't always match up with what was supposed, what was recorded and what was collected, true or false? And I know, I know you can't share everything here, but I'm just pointing out those three best practices. Is there any, did I leave that out? Did I miss say that or no? Perfect. Yes. We're all about, you know, we want more cooks in the, in the kitchen, right? Because right. that, that way the recipe is followed the way it should be. Right. And so if it's just one person in control of all of those things, what comes in, what comes out, what you as a practice owner are asking questions about, it's really easy to not have verification from other team members, right? And not have that separation of responsibilities. So, you know, two heads are better than one, three heads are better than two. And we, we wanna help you provide that oversight because just like you said, at the end of the day, after seeing all those patients, it's going to be really hard to double and triple check everything, right? We, we wanna give you the tools that you can, do that if need be, but we also want to help you have a system so that you can have your team members help contribute to that in the yeah. practice. So I'm going to bring parenting in on this. So this is kind of oh, fun. Okay. I, I, I heard, uh, I, I've, I, and again, I've, this shows all about best practices. So somebody who's been embezzled twice told me this, you okay. have to have a great system, but then you also have to add some irregularity to it, like some randomness, which means, oh, today I'm just going to do this. And um, I've, I've even done this with my children since hearing this. It's pretty fun. Like I've heard my daughter up in her room saying on the phone, no, 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 my dad's totally unpredictable. No, 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 we can't do that here. You know, type of a thing. So I, you don't want to create any fear, but there are days where you might say, nope, I'm going to do this just to make sure everything is up mm -hmm. to standard. True? True. Yeah. 100% okay. true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm talking about transparency. So in my experience, a lot of times 
one of the main things we see with people who embezzle is territory. They're very territorial, right? So if their coworker wants to take over helping them with part of their job or, hey, I'm going to go ahead and run these reports for the day, they don't want anybody touching that. The same thing happens when a doctor starts to take over some of their territorial duties, right? Hey, I want to go ahead and run that report today or, hey, I want to look at that. That that transparency starts to disappear, right? Because they don't want to be transparent. They don't want to give you the answers or, or be able to say, yeah, sure. Go ahead and let me help you do that. Do you need help? Right. And so that's one of the reasons that we're so about transparency. You should be able to ask a question at any moment, ask for a document at any moment, and there should be no hesitation. Yeah. No hesitation. Absolutely. Any any reports that you'd say foundationally, at the end of the day, you just have to have A, B, or C. Anything come to mind? Well, we're all about protecting the financial integrity of your practice, right? So for me, the main reports is I want to see exactly the revenue details that occur so that you have something to reference to where your revenue actually goes, meaning your bank account, right? So let's make sure what is recorded in the software is that actually what has occurred financially for your business, right? So that's one of the main key reports I always tell practices to focus on is understanding the details of daily revenue so that you can track that on a monthly basis. Right. Now I've been there and I'm still there in some respects. The whole question comes up with passwords and email, you know, so we all use LastPass and it's easy to fall lazy and say, you just handle my email. Here's my password to all of this. Any best practices you'd recommend for listeners when it comes to passwords and emails? Definitely. I'm a big fan of LastPass. I, I really like that one. Um, there's a couple other programs like that that lets you have your email secure. The main thing you want to make sure, just how you said randomly, where you say, hey, I want to run this report today. You need to randomly check and make sure that the the, e- the passwords and email that you have on file, for example, insurance, different things like that, truly work. And on my experience, what I've seen happen is Sally, that front desk manager, you have it in a spreadsheet. Let's say you're not a practice and you don't use LastPass or or, or um all those other programs that store that and help you make sure it's safeguarded. And I've seen this a lot, like where it's like spreadsheets are written in a notebook. When Sally leaves and you go to access things, what you have on your file, you can't access it. And we've experienced that so many times at Prosperident where even to complete employee payroll, you can't do that. Or you go to log into order stuff off Amazon for the business and it's locked down because it was changed at some point and you weren't aware of that. Yeah. I'm there's, there's still a few things I can't get into that were created a couple of years ago and they're not major things, but you're exactly right. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with LastPass, I'm just going to tell you, do it. So if you're like me, you had a password for everything and you use the same password for every single thing and then you get hacked and then you go, I can't do this anymore. What LastPass does is allow you to create like I don't even know. I actually don't even know my passwords. They're in the software itself and it tells you to regularly change them. So I have passwords that have as many as 20 some characters and they're extremely random. The cool thing about LastPass is you can share access. So let's say I have Sally and I'm like, yes, you can log in. I can go back into the, you know, the payroll software password and I can share access to it. Now she won't know it, 
but she has the soft, she won't know the password, but she will have the software that has authorized her to log it in encryptedly into the software and have the access. So at any point Sally leaves, you can eliminate her access with one touch of a button to all the passwords you've given. It's actually a crazy easy software to use and it has a mobile app where you're logging in mobily and it it shares it. And you now can do face ID, you know, I don't know if it does retina scans. I don't know what it does, but it's pretty darn cool. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I um, I really am a big, big fan of it. Um, just because of what I've seen, right? Where somebody leaves and they can't get into stuff and they go, oh, we're locked out of insurance. We're locked out of everything. We can't even get in and log into the company credit card because we didn't know that this password got changed and, and we're locked out. Yeah. What are some of the low hanging fruit? I don't really like that phrase, but like the, you guys do a lot of this. You talk to a lot of dentists that are stressed. What are some of the easy ones? You're like, no, not again. Like I hear this one three times a week. Some dentist does this. Anything come to mind? Okay. Rephrase the question exactly. Well, like, like low hanging fruit where you're like, don't do that. What's a, what, what are, what's the top silly thing that you Ooh. hear dentists do? I, I know I'm kind of so, putting you on the spot, but I, you guys get to hear some crazy stuff. Yeah. Okay. So one of my top silly things right now is Amazon, right? Where it's kind of, we order everything for the practice through Amazon, but there's no true verification and everybody can get on Amazon and kind of, you know, have a free for all. So that's, that's one of my things right there is, is Amazon. I'm pretty big on that. Uh, another thing is uh, business credit cards where, you know, it's kind of the business credit card is on file and used for a lot of stuff. And they just kind of keep a copy of it up at the front. And if they need to order lunch or they need to do different stuff, it's kind of everybody can have access to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second thing is allowing deposits to be completed by team members. Ooh, okay. You got to go through each one of those. Okay. Let me start with the credit card one. What do you suggest with credit cards? So and I'll speak to your, if you're listening to this, you know, this works. Your own credit card statement is pain enough to reconcile every month. So the idea of reconciling somebody else's charges in there, you just stop doing it after a while. So do you recommend people have individual credit cards so you can see itemized spending with that particular card? Is that what you'd recommend? I recommend that, especially if you're going to have an office manager or somebody that, you know, is your business team leader. Obviously, she needs to be able to take care of business and the needs sometimes daily. I do recommend that that person have their own individual card. That allows accountability with that person too, because they know, hey, it's easier for him to look at everything that I am completing, right? Versus what the doctor is completing. So it just gives that separation again of um, oversight. So your own individual pr- a credit card for you as a practice owner, and then the team would have their own different card with different numbers, right? So it just allows for oversight and accountability. Yeah, I love that. And so I'll add a couple that I've learned that are pretty cool. So you can actually now put in alerts, text alerts, and I've done this only because my kids, that anytime a charge comes through, you're alerted by the charge. Now, it's not a, you know, a apply, uh, you know, approve or deny thing. You're just like, oh, another charge went through for $182 going to this. That's really helpful. Even as my wife and I share an account, like, I'm like, what the heck is that? You know? And she's like, you saw that? And so 
Sarah won't listen to this podcast, but like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's full transparency. Um, The other thing too, and this probably isn't best practice, but it's really good to do is I will frequently cancel credit cards for a couple of reasons. Just like once every six months, just cancel all my credit cards and my debit cards. The first thing it does is it eliminates all the under the radar charges, you know? So I still have all these charges coming in for $62 that I don't see. And you you know how it is. You try to unsubscribe and you can't, you got to email the third person in charge you know, in shipping and receiving before they even get back to you. And then they have to find, like, they make it so difficult. But by, you know, doing that, uh, it also just keeps everything a little bit unpredictable in that respect. So I don't know if you'd recommend that, but I would. (laughs) So I, about every six months, I'm just going to cancel my cards. You get fresh ones. And it is a little bit of a pain in the rear to resubscribe, but you also save hundreds of dollars in charges and things that you weren't aware of that you don't even know you were paying for. So um, talk about the deposits. That's very interesting you would say that. Right. So, I mean, obviously everything's in a digital world. So your team will be responsible for deposits. But what I want to reiterate about that is it should not just be one individual person that's responsible for that, right? If you are physically taking deposits to the bank at Prosperident, we've always recommended that the doctor be in charge of that, right? So that there's just a little bit more safeguarding in physical type payments, such as cash checks, things like that. So just making sure that no one individual person is in control of not just revenue received, but how that revenue is being um, entered into your bank. Okay. Again, I'm not, Oh, go, no, again, you go, go. You had one more thought. No, I was just saying, making sure there's true separation and oversight. Okay. So I get this one all the time. Yeah. We don't collect any cash in our prey. Our cash is zero. So is that pretty true for the most part? Or what are your thoughts on that? That just depends on the practice and the location. I mean, we've come across practices like that, right? Um, But I still think sometimes that's just not going to happen. I mean, you're depending on the practice, right? Yeah. And that's where as an owner, okay, you, you say that you're not collecting any cash at zero, the oversight on that to see if you actually were would take a lot of understanding the software and details and where to double check for that. So that's something you'd want to contact us for so we could teach you how to, hey, make sure if you say you're not collecting cash that it's you aren't collecting cash and it's just being misappropriated somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll go back to the Amazon one. So, you know, this oh. is a child embezzlement prevention technique is that your children, because they're really smart, they can open your phone and they can do sharing. So sharing of your Apple Pay. And so they can walk into any clothing store and just hold their phone up. And I'll t- and my kids are good kids, but they're smart enough to know, oh, I can just press this button and dad will pay for everything. And so you can uncheck that button and I won't even tell you how I learned that. So <laughs> just a good thing. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I want you to talk about your service and what you guys do, but any, you know, any other best practices you would add that are just things to think about when it comes to protecting your business going forward? Well, I think one of the main best practices in my experience right now, I'm seeing, we see a lot of change right now happening with staff members. So I think really doing thorough checks on who you're hiring, 
and smart hiring, making sure you're doing reference calls and, and double checking who's walking through the door. Yeah. Right. So that you're not bringing somebody in that maybe has a history of embezzlement, but they were able to hide it pretty easily. And I know that's difficult right now because, you know, everybody's struggling to find staff. But I think for me, one of the most important things right now from a preventative aspect is really screening who you're hiring. Right. So you don't bring somebody in that maybe is not going to align with protecting that financial integrity of your practice. Yeah. You're, what you're saying is absolutely true. And I would imagine from what you guys see, because of the hiring challenges, you know, our bar has been lowered. You know, we're looking for people who want jobs, who could fit these jobs. And what you're really saying is that there are serial embe embe embezzlers, you know. Um, once they do it, they learn how to do it. And then there are oftentimes where a doctor doesn't prosecute or press charges because they're embarrassed and they're you know, they're ashamed of what happened. And so they'll let it go, but then it continues again in another office. And so I think one of the things you can do because the bar is so low and because there's so few is just do extra homework because you're exactly right. And David on his, on the last podcast we did, he said, you weren't looking at a resume. You want to look for um, the resume that's not on there because they're only going to put on there positive work experience. And one of the things that you're going to see on some of these resumes is, well, I didn't work for a year and a half. And so right. somebody who's a professional, that's a hard, you know, they're omitting something and you want to do as best you can to figure out what happened during that year and a half. Um, now I'm not, I'm not saying people aren't being truthful and saying, Hey, I traveled Europe or whatever. Um, but I, if I'm an employee I, and I had a bad go somewhere, you better believe it's not going to be on the resume. You're looking for the things you can't see on a resume. True? Very true. And one of the main things that I've seen lately is change of timeline, meaning somebody turned their resume into you. They say they you know, were the office manager. They oversaw accounts payable, managed all the insurance. I mean, their list is just, they are super qualified. And they maybe stayed at a job, let's say seven years. And when you get on your good friend Google and you really find, make sure that their reference numbers are true and you contact these previous people, sometimes what is on that resume, just like Dave said, is not always true. They maybe didn't have that actual duty, maybe for three months, the last three months of their job, or they didn't work there, you know, the entire time. They kind of changed the numbers a little bit to not show a, a small uh, area of unemployment or, or things like that. Oh, you're provoking some, like, uh, I, I'm going to see if I got this right, but I've heard this. And I think David taught me this is that you have to be careful about what you can ask. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is, would you enthusiastically rehire this person on the spot? And no matter what they say, it's how they say it. That's the big one. And then number right. two is, you want to ver verify exact dates, exactly when did this person start and exactly when did they end? Because a great employee knows the exact date. They're celebrated at, here at Act Dental. We celebrate your anniversary. They know their exact date. And so what I'm pointing to is that if there's a little uh, lying on start and end date, you can expect that's the tip of the iceberg. And then lastly is what was exactly their position? position and responsibilities when they left your office. So you're not asking them about performance 
Like what position do they hold? Because people do give themselves upgrades. They say, I was an office manager, you know, when they were really just uh, a front desk person who handled insurance, you know, type of a thing. So right. anything else you'd add? I mean, <laughs> I just... I mean, that's... Yeah. I, that's a big one for me. Right. And so it's so funny because you were talking about your daughters. Right. And that trust, but verify. I mean, it's no different. They meet a boy and he's like, I just bench pressed 200 pounds. And then he maybe filtered the photo. And, you know, I mean, did he really bench press 200 pounds? Right. Like, yeah. it's kind of kind of one of those things that you have to start asking yourself on that trust, but verify process. Yeah. To trust without verification is apathy. It's, you know, it's just like it's. It isn't healthy, I would just say. You know, I think um, the world lives in a verification process. So I want you to talk about what you guys do. So if I'm a dentist listening, what's the, why would I need this service? You know, I have a good team. I've got four or five team members. I'm a young dentist. I got 30 years. Like, what is it? What do you do? Why would I need it? So one of the, you know, we've always been um, experts in determining if embezzlement was occurring in your practice. But after so many years of hearing many uh, clients come to us and say, wow, I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe that Sally embezzled money from me. What could I have done you know, to deter this or catch this earlier? So um, we all came together over the last several years and created owner proactive strategies. And what this just allows us to do is number one, we want to look at your transaction integrity, like how, how in, how do things look in your practice? Are there patterns or vulnerabilities that exist that you may not even really know exist, right? Things may look healthy and everything seems to be running smoothly, but there may be small things that you don't are not aware, like in your practice management software or the way, you know, your banking is com completed or how payments are recorded, just so many different things. Um, kind of going back to what we talked about with the business credit card, also on the expense side, what are some areas that you need to double check and oversee, right? Yeah. And then um, after we do an analysis and look at all of that, we want to make sure we give you a series of tools and checklists and and a, a way to monitor this on a regular basis so that monthly, you know, the key areas to look for, for that trust, but verify and transparency. Right. So that you have the checklist to go, OK, every month I'm going to look at this and here's what I need to look at and here's why. And if you start to see changes in what is normal, you detect it earlier rather than later, right? Yeah. So we can't stop people. If somebody wants to embezzle, say you hire somebody new and everything checks out perfect. If they truly want to embezzle, we're not going to 100% stop them, right? But with a system of oversight, we're going to deter it. And hopefully if you're following protocol, you can catch it earlier rather than later. Yeah. So that is the true purpose and meaning of this product. Yeah. And I'm personally biased. I love what you guys do. I think everybody should incorporate your services. And let me explain like what happens when you get embezzled. It's not so much the money. Again, it's the trust. I mean, you have a hard time trusting anyone when it goes bad. So don't let that happen. Number two, you mentioned the software. Just on the software side of things, now I won't mention the software specifically, but the big three, the underutilization is terrible in dentistry. If you're a dentist and you have one of the big three, you probably don't even use it close to 50% of its capabilities. 
So that's one problem. The second problem is, is that if you're using it at 25% of the capabilities for good and somebody's using 10% of it for bad, that is a problem. Having this extra set of eyes of people that get to see this, it's well worth its weight in gold. And um, the other thing about buying a practice too. So we run into this, Amber. We have a lot of people that buy a practice and they just let all of the existing systems ride. You know, they don't change anything for like four or five years. And I'm not saying that embezzlement exists, but some financial practices that are done are just poor and they're just afraid to rock the boat. So they just let everything ride. By having an accountability partner, you can now have the difficult conversation you don't want to have because some of you are listening to this going, I can't have this conversation with Sally. Sally's like so sweet. Like if I introduce this, like it's going to kill, it's going to kill our mojo. And if you bring a third party into it and say, listen, I listened to a podcast or I just want to do this as a proactive measure to keep everything above board. And so I'm going to have a team that's going to help us understand how all of this works. Now you have an extra set of eyes long term and it creates a it creates a, another level of healthy transparency. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree. And one thing I like to tell doctors, an important message to relay to their team, because part of the service that we offer if a doctor chooses is we will have interaction with some of your key team members to teach them and help them understand the system and help implement implement it. It's not just about protecting a practice owner. As a former team member, um, it's about protecting my safeguards too, right? I mean, I want to make sure everything's in place so that if somebody were embezzling that was a coworker, um, number one, I'll catch it early. And number two, I've safeguarded myself to where systems and oversight and their safeguards in place so that the software set up or things are set up correctly to where I'm not taking the fall, right? I'm not, somebody's not coming to me and saying, Amber, you were supposed to oversee all of the insurance and what happened? This is messed up and I don't have a good system of transparency to provide, right? Yeah. So I tell team members, this isn't just about protecting the owner of the practice. This is about protecting you also and your integrity and abilities in the practice, right? I love it. So I want you to tell people that are listening where to get it. But before we do that, any last thoughts you have, Amber, on this subject? Well, my main thing, Dave always jokes with me that I went from being a hygienist, which was preventative to preventative, right? So I think that's just part of my acumen. And so I always want doctors to think about this. This really relates to what our purpose is in oral health, right? We want to be as preventative and keep things as healthy as possible. And so I think at Prosperident, we feel the same way. Uh, we want to help doctors keep things as healthy as possible. And while we're always going to probably be doing investigations for, for some practices, if we can prevent a doctor from having a huge loss in the practice because we help them have a great system of oversight and implementation, that's the reward in itself, right? I love it. Well, like I said, I am a huge fan of what you guys do. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, Amber, if I'm listening to the podcast and I'm driving in my car, like, how does this work? Where do I go? What do I do? Perfect. Well, you can go to our website, obviously, prosperident.com. And we have a, a page under our services page that talks about um, owner proactive strategies and gives you an overview of it. So you can talk, contact us through there if you would prefer. Um, or you can give us a phone call directly and, and talk to Dave. Um, and that is 1-8-1-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-
you can also email myself, which is amber.weber, and that's with one B, W-E-B-E-R, at prosperident.com. So definitely feel free to reach out to us in any way that works for you. And we could, we'd love to um, answer any questions. I love it. I love it. So if you're driving and you're not taking notes, don't worry. We're taking notes for you. We're going to make this the easiest podcast. So if you flip up to the notes, whether it be in Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, you're going to see all that Amber had mentioned. So you can just click on those and it will take you right to their website and all the information that you're going to need. And I'm going to highly encourage you to check it out. And we're going to have you guys back again and again and again. This is one of those difficult corners in dentistry that always, it's always changing. It's very dynamic. Uh, I learned so much from you guys. (laughs) It's frightening. So uh, I don't know. Uh, There's so many things that I want to ask you guys about in the future. So Amber, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you. Yes, thank you. I look forward to joining again soon. You bet. Well, stick around while I say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. If you enjoyed today, which I hope you did, do us a favor. Hit the share button. Share with your friends because we love helping this profession. I am fixated on helping this profession become better and better so you guys create a better practice and better life. We want to know what you guys want to see. Keep sending us emails and suggestions. I get them from you guys all the time and I'm lining them up as best we can. So until you guys hear from us next time or you see us again, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.